Good morning, my fellow Michiganders. Good morning, my fellow Americans. Welcome to the Grassroots Army podcast. For those of you who are watching live on all of our platforms, I am your host, former gubernatorial candidate Garrett Saldano, and I have a great show for all of you here today to talk about not only George Soros' successor, his son Alex Soros, but also the hot garbage Trump indictment that the corporate media continues to be obsessed about. So we're going to break down that narrative, especially they have they have to have something to talk about because they are all obsessed with President Trump and they want all the focus to be on President Trump's indictment, not the dumpster fire of our country right now. And that's exactly what they're going to be doing is talking about this for the next one and a half years about this indictment and everything else. And we're going to break it down. We're going to break down the narrative. Um, especially with what's going on in the public school systems. We're going to talk about Vivek's Ramaswamy's um, comments on this on CNN, which I think he handled it very, very well, and everything else that's going on. So uh, just a reminder that you can follow us not only on our Grassroots Army podcast, that's on all the platforms, but also on our YouTube channel, which is exploding right now. We are up over 175,000 subscribers 65,000 subscribers over the last month. So obviously people want this content. They need this content. And that's what I'm trying to basically give them is uh, a platform for them to have updated, accurate, and truthful information without the corporate media bias. And so let's get right to George Soros's successor, his son, Alex Soros. He just inherited, basically got the keys to the castle of a $25 billion empire. My goodness gracious. And so he says that he is more political than his father. And so I prepared a nice little slideshow of all of the politicians that this guy is already in bed with. So here we go. Oh, there's our fearless vice president. Look at all this. So just some slideshows of Alex. There's his dad. Oh, there's everyone's favorite person. Oh, there we go. Obama mama. So obviously, yes, this guy is already very, very political. And we're going to end on my favorite picture coming up right there. Well, look who that is, ladies and gentlemen. My favorite person of the year, especially in the state of Michigan, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, which I called out two years ago that she has her eyes on the White House. And I guarantee you, unless something happens, she wants a shot at the big table in the White House in 2028. They are grooming her for that position because think about this. Who else do they really have in the bullpen? Okay, Newsom, which is very, very progressive leftist. And you can already see that Governor Whitmer, who is a leftist, but she's trying to really say that she's in the middle and she's working both sides, blah, 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 blah. And I called that out. And that is one of the reasons, ladies and gentlemen, why I ran for governor in the state of Michigan, because I knew if I would have won, then I would have probably jeopardized her chances at the White House. Because all of you who've been following me for the past three years understand and know how passionate I am to make sure that she doesn't get in there because look what she did to the state of Michigan. Look what she did with the lockdowns, the unconstitutional lockdowns. Look the mental health crisis that she put in not only children, but adults as well. Look how she killed thousands of the elderly by putting COVID-infected elderly into nursing homes. Look at everything else that she's done. She's lying on the podcast, said she didn't go anywhere except for Israel on business, even though she got caught 
flying down to see her supposedly sick dad in Miami during the pandemic when she was telling all of us that we couldn't see the loved ones. So obviously it's very personal to me and a lot of other Michiganders in our state, and I will do everything that I can to continue to call her out. But she has her eyes on the White House, and now it looks like she is going to have the money, which she has the money already. She is building a huge war chest, which she did not use um, for her campaign for governor, which she won, unfortunately, last year. So she's building a war chest and look for her to run in 2028. So let's talk about the Trump indictment, okay, which is hot garbage. This should scare every single American that they are trying to bring down a former president who is currently leading in the in the Republican race, right? They're trying to bring him down and weaponize the FBI to do just that. That should scare every single American. And why are they doing this? Because obviously President Trump is a threat to their agenda. And that is why the corporate media is all hands on deck. They are obsessed absolutely obsessed with orange man bad. That's all they do. And you watch over the next year and a half, they are going to focus everything on this to try to make sure that they're bringing down a former president who has a fantastic shot of beating President Biden because of the dumpster fire that our country is at the moment. Okay, so let's talk about that because they're not talking about that. Let's not talk about the border crisis. Let's not talk about how our public schools are in trouble, right, with the indoctrination, with the CRT, the diversity, equity, inclusion. The list goes on and on. They're grooming our kids. They're pushing a cult, the rainbow mafia, down our throats, right, in our children's throats. And again, again, I'm going to say this again. Like, look, we have no problem, no problem with the LGB community. We never have. And that's why I'm really excited. Uh, I'm going to bring on one of the Gays Against Groomers representatives on this platform to interview him and talk about why they are really, really gaining steam and they're blowing up and they're calling out all this hot garbage and more and more part of the LGB community on how it was originally founded is stand up and saying, hey, this was hijacked by all these crazies. This is not our community and they're doing more harm than good. And they're exactly right. And so I want to give them an opportunity to come on and talk about why they're standing up and going through all these school boards and helping with legislation to make sure that they're not mutilating children and doing all these transgender surgeries with minors, which is hot garbage. Any surgeon that does that should lose their medical license and be thrown in prison, in my humble opinion. But they're going to be coming on the platform soon. But that's what the corporate media wants us to focus on. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the middle, the middle is awakening Every single second, I believe, I think a lot of people in the middle are starting to realize like, hey, you know what? Something's going on. They bought into this hook, line and sinker into the mandates and in the pandemic, but they're now slowly starting to awaken. And I'm hoping that platforms like this and many others out there, they're going to these platforms with and with the intent to find the correct information, not this political narrative. And guess what, folks? Fox News is just as corrupt as the rest of them. Okay, and that's why I will continue to highlight Tucker Carlson on this platform um, with his episodes. His next episode, he's going to be talking about the Trump indictment. That's going to be released tomorrow night on Tucker Carlson on Twitter. I will be posting it Wednesday morning for all of you who are not on Twitter so we can get his messaging out because there is a reason that Fox News, who's owned right by Vanguard and a lot of the other corrupt, right, organizations that own both sides, BlackRock, 
We talked about this time and time again. And so I'm going to try to do everything I can to get his messaging out so people can have access to that information because if they just plug into the corporate media who is bought on by these big organizations and they're never going to get the truth. They're going to get the narrative, but they're trying to focus all their energy on president Trump and not talk about the dumpster fire. Like I said before, with the border invasion, with the public schools, with the indoctrination and grooming of our kids with inflation, the foreign policy, everything else, it just goes on and on. And you know why? What, why should we talk about Hunter Biden's laptop? Why shouldn't we talk about the, the money that the president Biden's family received from doing shady deals behind um, the, the public's back while he was vice president and probably senator and everything else. And so these are the things that the media wants or should talk about, but they refuse because they're trying to bring down a former president and they're weaponizing the FBI to do just that. And to bring up my point about Alex Soros and George Soros, his daddy, they have bought and paid for all these corrupt DAs who are letting all these criminals out and then charging former veterans, right? Or veterans, excuse me, former heroes of this nation with manslaughter and murder and everything else when they're trying to protect the public. Case in point, the the young man who choked out the homeless guy who was on drugs that was trying to hurt other people, he did his duty as an American, as a veteran, um, to protect the public, and now he's getting charged with hot garbage by the Soros-backed DA. And so these are the people who are trying to bring down this beautiful idea of America, and obviously they have the money to do just that, but I will take we the people over money any day of the week, especially a well-educated, empowered we the people, and that's why I do these platforms. So let's talk about what's happening in the schools right now. I've been obviously posting school board meetings over the past several months with these grassroots warriors that continue to show up and voice their perspective. And the good news is, is now students. Because you got to remember the pressure that these students are under. Like if they stand up, they're going to get ridiculed by the administration of their schools. They're going to get suspended. They're going to, and they're going to probably get um, teachers who are going to give them mad marks. You know, the, the pressure of social media and getting called out because the radical Alphabet Mafia is very, very ruthless, and they will attack these kids. They do not care. If you stand in front of their agenda, their narrative, you will get attacked. But more and more brave students, I highlighted one, Claire, out in Chico Valley Unified School District. Um, there's many other students that are starting to stand up that they're not against the LGB community, right? That's what I'm going to start talking. I'm not going to give the radical crazies their time in the sun here. I'm going to call it what it originally was founded, the LGB community, which was founded on love, not this indoctrination, not this grooming, but they have nothing against the LGB community. They do not want the radical alphabet mafia to be shoved down their throat 24-7. And if you have um, religious beliefs, right, you're getting discriminated against and you have every right to stand up against this. So this happened in California at a school when they tried to show a video um, in a school classroom. So listen to what these students said about Pride Month video. Supervision down and give all of you a Saturday school for next year. So knock it off. Wow. So the teacher threatened the kids because they obviously did not like the content of the radical alphabet mafia being shoved down their throats. And they're starting to stand up and say, Why are you showing this kids? Even the students 
are saying this. Why are you showing this to us? They've had it. And they, they, they have seen through this, this radicalization that's happening with that cult of that religion. Because remember, it is. It is a religion now. That's what it is. They're not going to say it is, but they are. And we've all determined as United States citizens that there should be a separation in public schools, that your religion is not allowed because it is a school for everyone. But now this LGBTQ+, whatever the hell they want to call it, the religion, they're force-feeding it down. So how would they feel if Catholics and Muslims start force-feeding in their curriculum all their religious beliefs? Holy cow, cities would be on fire right now. It would be horrible, right? But it's okay to shove down their beliefs. And so that is why it's so important that we continue to highlight these things because corporate media is not going to show that. They're not going to show brave students Majority of the students in that classroom stand up going, we're done. It's not that we're against this community, but quit shoving it down our throats. And that's why, again, I'm excited to have the Gays Against Groomers representative on this platform very, very soon. I'm going to call him today to get him scheduled. So look out for that. But one thing that's happening is it's, this whole country is just a dumpster fire right now with this progressive left ideology that continues to get um, shoved down our throats. But I want to highlight Vivek Ramaswamy again. I I really like this guy. I truly do. He's very articulate, and I'm actually getting very excited about him debating Governor DeSantis and President Trump um, on the debate stage because he is very well-spoken. He's spot on. He's a younger guy, self-made guy. But listen to how he handles CNN. I love this interview. So let's watch for the next uh, several minutes how he just butchers this lady and she doesn't really have a comeback for him which is fantastic because i always know i love excuse me when cnn cnn just gets to get punched in the face that's for sure after his indictment this week but only one has gone as far as my next guest here with me now is republican presidential candidate vivek ramaswamy thank you so much for joining me so before you heard any details of the allegations in the trump indictment you put out a statement saying if you become president you would pardon Donald Trump on day one. Now you've seen the allegations and you've seen that he stored highly classified information like nuclear secrets uh, and others in unsecured areas of his country club. Given everything that you've seen, do you stand by your promise to pardon him if he's convicted? Reading that indictment and looking at the selective omissions of both fact and law, Dan, I'm even more convinced that a pardon is the right answer here. Why? The top question actually we should be asking is what did Biden tell Merrick Garland? What did Merrick Garland tell Jack Smith? Because what I see in that document is deeply politicized. Not a single mention of the Presidential Records Act, the most relevant statute to the actual alleged crime here. Selective statements from President Trump's statements on the campaign trail in 2016 about classification and how he'd treat it without one mention of the fact that he actually, after he was elected in 2016, said he would not prosecute Hillary Clinton and would not want to see her prosecuted. And by the way, no one's mentioned this yet. This was what stood out to me. The classification scheme itself was defined not by statute, but by executive order, which is interesting because executive orders, appellate courts have held, do not bind a U.S. president with the force of law. So this is selective prosecution. I think it's irresponsible not to have included any treatment of those facts or law in this indictment. It reeks of politicization, which is why I want to go back to the top question that the media actually should be asking. What did Biden tell Garland? What did Garland tell Jack Smith? That's what you need to be getting to the bottom of. The White House insists that he has absolutely no connection to this, that the whole reason the special counsel was put in place is to 
take it out of politics. But I want to read something. I want to read something that Bill Barr, President Trump's own attorney general, said just this morning on another network. He said, quote, if even half of it is true, speaking of the indictment, then he's toast. It is a very detailed indictment and it's very, very damning. This is the former president's own former attorney general. I think we have to be able to draw a distinction between bad judgments. I would not have made the judgments that President Trump made. It's a big part of why I'm in this race, is I think that I would have made different judgments like than what? Trump made. Like what would you have done differently? Well, I would not have taken those documents with me, and I would have returned them on demand because that would have actually set up for a much more constructive discussion. But there's a difference between a bad judgment and breaking the law. And when especially the federal police apparatus conflates the two, that's a threat to liberty for everyone, not just President Trump, but every American, where every misjudgment is treated as a violation of law. What really matters is the relevant law, including, by the way, how Judge Jackson interpreted the Presidential Records Act in 2012 in the Clinton sock drawer case. Not a single mention of the most relevant statute in that document means that indictment is a politicized document. So I want to get back to the bottom of the politics behind it. And we need transparency there. According to the indictment, quote, the classified documents Trump stored in his boxes included information regarding defense and weapons capabilities of both the United States and foreign countries, United States nuclear programs, potential vulnerabilities of the United States and its allies to military attack and plans for possible retaliation in response to a foreign attack. So we are talking about very, very sensitive information, uh, which, again, Trump allegedly stored in a bathroom, ballroom in his bedroom. Isn't it is that more than just bad judgment? It's very bad judgment, no doubt about it. You do have issues with that. I do. If those allegations are true. By the way, the reason we have a court of law is and I am personally deeply skeptical of everything in that indictment. So I will not believe it until we actually see it aired in a court of law. And the reason I don't believe it, Dana, is the selective omission of a bunch of other facts that should have been in that indictment. A treatment of a bunch of other statutes that are relevant to this alleged crime that were mentioned nowhere that I personally have no faith whatsoever in those vague allegations. So if those are true, yes, I think that's reflective of very bad judgment. I'm skeptical that it even is true. But the bottom line is we cannot conflate a bad judgment with a violation of the law. And that's what it's. And we should note, as you know, when an indictment uh, is in order to get an indictment, it has to be approved. By a grand jury. What they taught us in law school is that you can get a grand jury to indict a ham sandwich. Just on principle, just on principle, do you think it will be it would be a mistake for the Republican Party to nominate somebody who is facing serious federal criminal charges? Look, I'm in this race to win this race because I think we need to move forward as a country. I think we go forward with the agenda if we're grounded in first principles and moral authority. That's why I'm in this race. But that's not for you or I, or certainly the federal administrative police state to decide. That's for the people of this country to decide. Federal administrative police state? That's pretty strong. That's exactly what is, what's at work here, right? You have a federal administrative state. The police arm of that state is for the first time in U.S. history, not only indicting a former president, but indicting currently a lead candidate against the U.S. president. That is not the stuff of the United States of America. That is the stuff of banana republics. Wow. And if there was ever going to be a case brought against a lead political rival for a sitting U.S. president, it better be locked down and airtight, not an indictment that fails to mention the most relevant statute that's actually at issue. Yeah, well, it it is obviously, as you said, it is unprecedented. I should say that uh, there have been democracies that have prosecuted, uh, put criminal prosecution of former leaders because those uh, 
those times have been so extraordinary. And here in the and, middle of an election. And they're in the middle and this, of an election. And this obviously is very extraordinary. Uh, I disagree with the allegations. I just think I do not believe those allegations because of, I think, the intellectual dishonesty in that indictment. So I think the federal court is actually, I think, based on the precedent of the Clinton sock drawer case, where effectively Judge Jackson said that it is at the president's, her language, not mine, sole discretion as to what is and is not covered as a presidential record. I think the court will acquit him. But that's beside the point of the judgment that President Biden made. And if Trump's judgment was bad, President Biden's well, judgment is worse for actually bringing a prosecution he should have he done what Trump did. President Biden didn't bring a prosecution. The Department of Justice reports into the president of the United States. And so this is a fig leaf, okay, which is why I think the media needs to get to the bottom But there's no evidence. There's absolutely no evidence, Dennis. unless you can show me some, that President Biden has had anything to do with this prosecution. Dennis, That's why with, he put two layers in between. With, with due counsel. respect, I think it is shameful that I, as a competitor to President Trump in this race, have to ask questions that the media isn't asking. The job of the political media, if it has one job, is to hold the U.S. government accountable. Yes, we know that. And instead, we're doing the bidding. You're seeing the media doing the bidding of the U.S. government. No. Ask the question. Get to the bottom of what Biden told Garland and what Garland told Jack Smith. If the same shoe fit the other foot, you would not take their word at face value. Do not take their word now. Get to the bottom of it. Let's actually restore journalism in this country. That's what's actually missing is Thank getting you. to the truth. Okay. Thank you for that. We are absolutely asking these questions. Good. And we know how to be good journalists because we do it every single day. Uh, no, you don't, CNN. And I'm going to borrow this quote from Pure Country. When I think of CNN, I think of this quote from this movie. You know, the funny thing about that little white speck on the top of chicken shit, that little white speck is chicken shit, too. That's how I feel about that network. And I'm sure a lot of you do, too. But, man, Vivek just brought down the hammer on CNN. You could just see her wheels are spinning. I'm sure in her little earpiece, they're screaming from the, the room like, hey, ask him this, interrupt this. And he just kept coming back. Vivek, um, I like him. I really do. He is a great, great speaker, lots of great energy. You know, is he ready for the, the big seat at the White House? Time will tell. But I do think that we have a lot of great people in the bullpen in our future in the Republican Party, which is a great thing. So thank you, Vivek, for calling out CNN. And I love how he goes on on all these corporate media outlets, the left, MSNBC, CNN, he's everywhere. And he will go, you know, at him 100%, which I enjoy. Kind of reminds me a lot of President Trump on how he handled the corporate media, that's for sure. But of course, President Biden, he can't even get through two to three sentences. And how would you think he would do on a hot interview like that? He would crash and burn like he does almost every other day when he's trying to walk. So I'm going to end on this. The grassrootsarmy.com store is open for the next two weeks. We're opening up for sir, you to get all of your patriotic merch. And so I just made this little fun little spoof commercial to call out the left, which I always love to do. So enjoy as we and this beautiful podcast today. Today at noon, the grassrootsarmy.com merch is going to be available with our summer patriotic. <laughs> really? Today at noon, we're celebrating our patriotic merch launch at the grassrootsarmy.com. I'm trying to shoot a commercial here. You know what? Screw it. Today at noon, the grassrootsarmy.com is opening up to celebrate our patriotic merch launch, to celebrate the 4th. And what better way to show our patriotism than to shove this down these leftist throats? I hate 
You know what? You got a freaking problem, you liberal sissy. Oh, it's always fun to make little commercials like that. So, yes, we are open right now. You can go to the grassrootsarmy.com store and you can get all of your patriotic merch. And what better way to shove down our patriotism down these leftist throats and to wear around what they hate most, our love for our wonderful country. So you can go there right now, the grassrootsarmy.com, and you can get some of this gear because this grassroots army is growing at an astronomical pace. I'm very proud of what we are doing and where we are going, and I will continue to do my part as we push back against the clown show of the corporate media and these progressive leftists that continue to try to shove their agenda down our throats. So have a great day. If you haven't subscribed or haven't followed us on all of our all of our other platforms, excuse me. You know, we're on Twitter, Grassroots Army. We're on Instagram, Grassroots Army, YouTube, Garrett from Michigan on Facebook. You know, we haven't changed the title of that. Um, that was what I used when I ran for governor this past uh, election cycle. So we will continue to stand up. We will continue to call out the clown show, clown show, and we will continue to fight back. That is for sure, because. When the people fear the government, there is tyranny. But when the government fear the people, there is liberty. And we will get our liberty back. Until next time, folks, have a great day. God bless you. God bless the state of Michigan. And of course, and always, God bless these United States. I'll talk to you all soon. Bye-bye.